Well, the weatherman didn't predict snow this morning, at least not until I saw the weather this morning. So people are slowly trickling in, and it's delaying everything just by a little bit, but thank you for your patience. This morning, after hearing the Christmas story, we get to hear the story of the Holy Innocents, the martyrs of the Christmas story. And the story rather difficult for us to hear this time of year, but one that we need to be reminded of, which is why we celebrate the feast this day. With that, we will begin, go ahead and begin our service with the opening hymn, hymn number 375. Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Behold, the King cometh. O come, let us worship him. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. 
Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. See, is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Behold, the King cometh. O come, let us worship him. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. For you are my rock and my fortress. Into your hand I commit my spirit. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. The Old Testament reading for this festival of the Holy Innocents is from Jeremiah chapter 31. Thus says the Lord, a voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children. She refuses to be comforted for her children because they are no more. Thus says the Lord, keep your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for there is a reward for your work, declares the Lord and they shall come back from the land of the enemy. There is hope for your future, declares the Lord, and your children shall come back to their own country. This is the word of the Lord. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked. Upon you have I leaned from before my birth. My mouth is filled with your praise. The epistle is from Revelation, is from the Revelation to St. John, chapter 14. 
Then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him 144,000 who had his name and his Father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of loud thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps, and they were singing a new song before the throne, and before the four living creatures, and before the elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. It is these who have, not bit, who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. It is these who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These have been redeemed from mankind as firstfruits for God and the Lamb. And in their mouth no lie was found, for they are blameless. This is the word of the Lord. We now sing the TLH hymn that is printed out for you as an insert in your bulletin. Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Alleluia. Precious in the sight of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the second chapter. Now when the wise men had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, 
take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all the region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel, weeping for her children, she refused to be comforted because they are no more. This is the Gospel of our Lord. and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. On Christmas, we heard St. John say about the Christ child, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You may be seated. We desire to live in poetry. That is, for our lives to make sense. For what happens to us, whether good or bad, to flow like a beautiful poem. We want to look back at our lives and hear it play like a finely tuned orchestra in concert. 
Because if we can look back at our lives and all that happens to us and have it all make sense, if we can see it in beauty and justice and poetry and motion, then our hearts, minds, and flesh are satisfied. It feels complete. If it's poetic, we can look at our lives and see that they've been lived gracefully and well. But death, we along with our culture, we'd rather not acknowledge death. Because we ourselves have no answer for the grave. Yet if we must think about death, if we have to face it in some way, we want to think of it like we do about life, poetically. Because if there is poetry to death, then our culture and our flesh begin to think perhaps the beauty of the poetry can cover the darkness of death. And we see this in the movies. If you watched It's a Wonderful Life this year, did they let George Bailey die? No. Because there's no poetry in that. It would be senseless. The whole movie's about him living. Rather, when there is death in the movies, they use it for the beauty of the story. In Bambi. It's the poetry of life and after tragedy. In Saving Private Ryan, it's losing life in the cost of war. In Indiana Jones, it's the bad guys who die so the hero can win. In Titanic, it's death for the depths of tragic romance. You get the idea. In movies, as is our desires for our lives and our deaths, there must be beauty, poetry, purpose, a sense, or else it feels empty. Today we come off of Christmas, having heard the Christ child's birth to the virgin, hearing about the manger and the stable, the angel and choirs, the angelic choirs, the rejoicing shepherds. It was calm. It was peaceful, silent, told with a beauty in which only St. Luke could tell it. On Christmas Day, we heard the Christ child is the eternal Word made flesh, the Son of God incarnate, as told with the depth and poetry in which only St. John could tell it. We left Christmas Eve and Christmas Day satisfied. But now, having awakened from Christmas, St. Matthew tells us this. Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years older under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Following Christmas is tragedy, seemingly senseless, leaving these poor mothers of Bethlehem weeping and lamenting so much that they refuse to be comforted as they hold the bodies of their sons. Of all the stories in Scripture, this is perhaps the most unsettling. Our flesh doesn't like to dwell upon it. And what are we to do with it? How are we to look at this story? It's the death of little children. Little children who are in the faith. There is no beauty, no poetry, no sense in such death. Rather, it makes us ask, what kind of man was Herod? Why would he have two-year-olds in Bethlehem, put to death. 
are two-year-olds really that much of a threat to his life and kingdom when he's an old man? And many do try to make sense of all this, explaining maybe Herod was mad or insane, maybe mentally ill. But the most chilling part in the story is that Herod, Herod wasn't mad at all. He was in his right mind. Look at the story and you'll see he knew how to find a, the information about this boy in prophecy. He knew when he was tricked. He knew how old the boy had to be. And if it wasn't for that angelic dream to Joseph, everything Herod did would have worked in killing his rival child king and protecting his throne. But we see here, you see, Herod is merely a child himself, just listening to what his father is telling him to do. Because his father, Satan, Satan, that liar and murderer that he is, knew the Son of God had come in the flesh. So Satan used Herod to try to protect his throne in the kingdom of darkness that rules over the world. We see here in Herod what is pure evil. The murdering of these boys, the attempted murder of the Son of God here, was satanic. Evil is not some pointy-haired or pointy-horned red devil with a pitchfork. It's a demonic army sent by Satan to rip infants from their mothers and to slaughter them right before their eyes, to bring ruin and death to all those that would challenge Satan on his throne. So that as the mothers weep and lament so loudly they could be heard in lands far away, these are screams that make Herod smile as the devil dances in the blood of children. This is the evil we hear about in the Christmas story. It's the evil we see when we go out into the world from these Christmas services as well. It's the evil brought about by the anger and selfishness of our flesh. When our anger burns within us so much that, and we hate our brother or sister so much that if news of their death would come to us, it might actually bring us joy. That is evil. It's the evil we hear about when murder is celebrated or completely ignored, like, is what, like what is happening in our cities all too often this year. It's the evil we see every time an abortion is committed. And then is shouted about, celebrated online, or at rallies with pink hats. In those places are smiles at the news of death. The dancing in the blood of lives sacrificed to protect the thrones of our gods, of our culture's gods. To keep ourselves in power in our own lives. But when we face, but then we face senseless death in other ways as well from miscarriage or stillbirth, when someone we know dies in a car accident or a sudden heart attack, when illness or cancer slowly takes someone we love, a, class, a former classmate of mine, a year behind me in seminary, died yesterday in his first year, in his first call from pneumonia. No one expected it. However, the evil manifests itself. When we see such evil, we come away from it feeling empty, leaving us unsettled and rattled to our core. 
Because in such deaths, whether in the Christmas story, in the world, in our lives, there is no beauty or poetry or sense to it. What we feel instead is a dark abyss surrounding the light, closing in, suffocating us, bringing us to our knees. Because while there may be poetry in the movies, in real life, we ourselves still have no answer for the grave. We can't cover the darkness. And yet for all the darkness in this story, St. Matthew gives two small lines full of the brightest light. And here they are. He says, When Joseph brought Jesus to Egypt until Herod died, that this was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. And then later, when the innocents were slaughtered, Matthew says again, this was fulfilled. This, what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. Here's the part with the light in it. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken. In the life and death of the innocents, of those in the world, of those in our lives taken from us, in our own lives when we meet our death. In and of themselves, there is no beauty in any of it. No poetry, no sense. Only tragedy and a nihilistic emptiness. But there is deep beauty and poetry in these words. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken. Because true beauty is found only in the flesh and blood of our Lord that fulfills all things. These innocents did not die so the Christ child may live. They died instead as a part of salvation history. They became a part of the Christmas story. A story where Christ dies on the cross so they may live. The poetry is found where the Christ child goes to the cross and dies. At the cross where these mothers of Bethlehem may finally be consoled and comforted. Where their voices may be kept from weeping and their eyes kept from tears because they know when they look at the cross that these innocents come back from the enemy's land of death, having the life of Christ that died to give it to them. Just as the Christ was born to die on the cross to give life to those who are murdered for the faith, who are taken from us suddenly, the life we get when it is our turn to face the grave. The lives of the innocents do not end in their death. Their lives instead began the day Christ was born. Just as our lives began not when we're born, but in baptism. Because in faith, in baptism, united to the flesh of the eternal word, Christ's story becomes your story. His birth is now your birth. His death is now your death. His resurrection will be your resurrection. And there in the resurrection, there is no end to your story. Because we all go on to live with him in the new heavens and the new earth for eternity. That is poetry. That is beauty. Found only in Christ crucified, who alone fulfills all things that are spoken. 
That is the life received, the life well lived in his baptism. That is the beauty of his spoken word. That is the poetry of which we will partake in the supper. Because here in the church, Herod doesn't smile. His throne has been taken. Here in the church, Satan doesn't dance in the blood of the martyrs. Because he has been thrown down. His head crushed by the flesh assumed by the, by the eternal word and the blood spilled on the cross which makes you clean. Instead, here in the beautiful poetry of the church, we are about to celebrate this supper for the forgiveness of our sins with the whole host of heaven, which includes the innocents who in heaven play their tambourines and dance around the throne beside saints who play harps and a heavenly choir that sings before the Lord. On Christmas, we heard St. John say about the Christ child, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Satan, through Herod, sent the darkness to kill the innocents. The light was not overcome by it. Instead, the light is shining even through the innocents today. Amen. Now may the peace of God who surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue with the Tadeum.
upon thee to deliver me when didst humble thyself to be born of a virgin when thou hadst overcome the sharpness of death thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers thou sittest at the right hand of God Continue with the prayer, beginning with the Kyrie. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. We pray the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. 
From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We are bold to pray as our Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this day, to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. The Lord be with you, and with thy spirit. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Let us pray. Almighty God, the martyred innocence of Bethlehem showed forth your praise, not by speaking, but by dying. Put to death in us all that is in conflict with your will, that our lives may bear witness to the faith we profess with our lips. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, 
especially to Donald, our president, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our governor, the legislature of this state, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially this day do we pray for all those we name in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood, your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes, when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Alleluia. Teach me thy paths. Alleluia. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who hast safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, 
but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, might be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let us pray together. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with you all. Amen.